Today we're continuing our sermon series, Family Matters. We've been talking through about making sure that our families are the kind of families that what God intended, that we are walking in the paths and the journeys that God has for each and every one of us. And so today, I told you a moment ago, I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to read this passage because I believe it is a, a clear indicator. It is a statement of what we must do if we are going to have the kind of families that God intends for us to have. So let's read it together. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning with verse 20. It says, My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to one, one's own whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. Don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look towards, uh, look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Now, the reason that I wanted to share this passage today, and we're going to spend a few moments together today walking through that statement, is that today we live in a culture, we live in a time when everything is trying to keep us from doing what God's Word just told us to do. And so I've entitled today's sermon, Diversions, Distractions, and Deceit, which by the way, our world is full of. We live in a time, in a culture, in a place where everything is trying to get us off of God's plan, trying to divert us away from God's perfection, God's perfect plan for each and every one of our lives and for our families. And there are diversions and there are distractions, not always bad things, sometimes good things. But when we do not have the proper perspective, when we do not have the proper balance of what God intends for us to have, even good things can distract us and divert us away from God's perfect plan. But we also live in a culture and a time today of deceit. We know that Satan is the father of lies. We know that he has come to steal and to kill and to destroy, that his purpose, his job, his life's goal is to make sure that he deceives you into believing that which is not true. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but when we look at our times today, when we look at our culture today, everything is telling us that what was up before is now down, what was right before is now wrong, that everything has been upended. We live in a culture today where we are constantly being bombarded by statements and thoughts and ideas that, that run counter not only to God's Word, but counter to like just common sense and understanding. We are told today to believe all of these different things. To believe that, that everything is different, that God's Word is not relevant for today, that that was yesterday, that we don't have to hold to that truth anymore. We live in a time we go out to fill out a form, like maybe at the DMV, and when it asks our gender, there's one for male and there's one for female, and now there's a list of others that are there as well, which takes us away from what God's Word even says back in Genesis, that God made them male and female. And that is just one example, one instance of a culture that we live in where everything is being destroyed. Everything that we believe in, that we stand on, according to God's Word, is under attack. And make no mistake, your family is under attack. Make no mistake, Satan wants to destroy everything that you hold dear. Now, here's the problem. The problem is that while we know that Satan wants to destroy everything that we hold dear, that oftentimes, because of diversions, distractions, and deceit, what we hold dear, we do not hold tightly to that we allow ourselves to not pay attention to what is happening. 
And we wonder why our families are struggling. We wonder why we're going through such difficult moments and difficult times. It's because we have taken our eye off of the ball. And that's what this passage really speaks to. That's what it talks about. And so today, let's just spend a few minutes walk through this passage to get a picture of exactly what it is that God wants us to do according to his word to make sure that we are keeping our eyes on the ball. Now, the first thing that we have to understand according to this passage is this, is that God has a path for us all. That God has a path for every single one of us. We are not left to figure this thing out on our own. It's not like we're sitting here and like trying to figure out like, how am I going to navigate this difficult journey? And I've got to be honest with you, I think all of us in this room at one point in our lives, like we've tried to figure it out on our own. I know I've tried to figure it out oftentimes on my own. I've tried to figure out my way through the dark. And here's what I know. Like I mess it up every time that I try to do it in my own power. It's like the idea of you get up in the middle of the night when my kids were young and, you know, if I had to get up and I heard one of them crying or I heard something, I had to go and check on them. And my kids loved Legos and they always left the Lego pieces in the middle of their floors in their bedroom. How many of you have ever stepped on a Lego piece in the middle of the night? Yeah. And then you talk about that is what walking through life without God's plan is all about. I'm just telling you, Satan created Legos. I know it. I love them. I think they're awesome. But in the middle of the night when they're lying on the floor... That is, a, that is a tool of Satan, and that is what this path is talking about. When God allows us to walk through, or when, when Satan gets us to walk through this journey without doing what God has told us to do. And so know that God has a path for us all. Go back in this passage, back to verse 20, and 20 through 22. It says these words, My son, pay attention to my words. Listen clearly to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Now listen, go back to verse 20. Put it back up on the screen. If you, it's already on the screen. Perfect. Cool. These guys are way ahead of the game. Notice what it says right up front. My son, pay attention. I think you ought to underline or circle or highlight or something those two words, pay attention. Because here's what I think. I think that the greatest struggle that we have in our Christian homes, in our Christian families today, is that we are not paying attention. That we have been distracted. That we have been diverted. No question that we are being deceived. And so that's why this passage says right up front, pay attention to my words. God is telling us, hey, I gave you this book for a reason. I can guarantee you God did not give us this book that was written thousands of years ago and over a very long period of time. God did not give us this book because he was bored one day and decided to write a book. He did not have a book publisher reach out to him and say, listen, I've got a contract here. I'd love for you to write a book about all the stuff you've been talking about. I think people would want to buy it. That is not why God gave us his word. God gave us his word so that we would know how to live. The problem is, is that when we're not paying attention to his word, that's when everything gets messed up. That's when everything gets distracted. That's when we allow ourselves to start taking roads, taking paths that walk away from God's plan and walk smack dab into Satan's plan. And make no mistake, Satan comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And that is what he wants to do to you and to your family. And if you do not believe that Satan is out for your family, then you've already been deceived. We need to understand. So pay attention, it says, to my words. Listen what it says here. Next one. Listen closely to my sayings. You want to underline, highlight, or circle those two words? Listen closely. So not only pay attention, but listen to it. 
Like, understand, like, I keep my eyes fixed on God's Word, but then I listen to God's Word, because when we listen to what God is speaking to us, it begins to change us. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, the Word of God is living and it's powerful. When you pay attention to God's Word and you listen closely to God's Word, what happens is this, is that you will be transformed from the inside out. And that, by the way, is exactly what God's plan is for every single person in this room, whether a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister or a grandparent or a a son or a daughter. God wants to transform you from the inside out. How do we do it? Pay attention, listen closely. The next one says this, and don't lose sight of them. In other words, like, don't be distracted or deceived or diverted away from, like, like fix your eyes on them, understand it, pay attention, listen, and then run to them. The reason that so many Christian families today are under attack, the reason that so many Christian families today are struggling, it's not because Satan has reneged on his promise, it's because we have reneged on our commitment. It's because we have lost sight of what God's Word says, that we have not been paying attention to God's plan for our own lives and for the lives of our families. We've got to make sure, yes, pay attention, yes, listen, and don't lose sight of what God's Word says. Why? It goes on to say in verse 22, because these words are life to those who find them. Life to those who find them. You know, the converse we can take away from that is this, is that if we're not paying attention, if we're not listening closely, if we're not, if we're not, if we are losing sight of God's plan and God's Word, then understand this, while God's Word is light to those who find them, then the lack of that light and the lack of those words, guess what it is? It's death. And we wonder why our families are dying. We wonder why our families are failing. And I'm not talking about the culture. Yes, that's true there too. I'm talking about in the church. I'm talking about in our own Christian families and Christian homes. Man, we're not paying attention. So God has a plan. He has a path. And God's path was given to us through His Word. Now we understand this. It's Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, of understanding like how to figure all this out. In verse 7 of Proverbs 1, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. In other words, fearing God is where it starts. Now, we think of the word fear, and we think of like being afraid of something. That's not what this is talking about. It's not saying that we need to be afraid of God, like cowering in fear from this almighty presence and power of God. That's not what it is. The idea that's given here is this. It's kind of like the idea of when the, uh, the, the children of Israel, when they were led out of Egypt, remember that story? And they were walking across, and they got to the Red Sea, and God parted the Red Sea, and they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. They got to the other side. The Egyptians were chasing after them with all of their might and all of their power and all of their weapons and all of their horses and all of their chariots. Remember the story? And they were afraid. They were fearful. But as soon as the last member of the children of Israel stepped feet outside, stepped foot outside of what was the sea bed, that the waters immediately rushed back into place and took out the entire enemy. And here's what happened. In that moment, Moses and all the children of Israel, they feared God. They were not afraid of Him. They were in awe of Him. You see, the fear of God doesn't speak about being afraid. The fear of God talks about being in reverence, in awe of who He is and His great power. That that same God who slung the stars into space is the God that today has your back. 
that is with you every step, that is leading you and guiding you. And so the fear of the Lord, the awe of the Lord, of reverence for God, like recognizing that He is the only hope and He's the only thing that we need, recognizing that, that is what the fear of the Lord is talking about. And what does it say again? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But then what does it say? Those who reject that fear, reject that awe, fools despise wisdom and despise discipline. So here's what God's Word says this, that if you are not paying attention to God's words, if you are not listening closely to God's plan, if you are not, uh, you know, keeping your eyes fixed on what God has for you and for your family and for your journey and your life, if you do not fear God, you are a fool. That's not my words, that's God's words. You say, wait a minute, it doesn't say that. Oh yeah, it does, because God's Word says this, that he who says there is no God, he's a fool. And so we recognize and understand, like, yes, we've got to keep a sight, keep our eyes fixed on God's plan and God's path for us. That is God's path for every single one of us. But the second thing we understand is this, is that it all starts in the heart. Like, it starts, like, right within our own hearts. So look what it says again. Go back to this passage, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Guard your heart. Like, make sure that you understand this is not a head knowledge thing. This is not simply like understanding because of some, you know, practical or, you know, kind of some instructional way, like of figuring out, oh yeah, I understand that, I, I've read it, and I get it, okay, fine. No, it's got to go right to the heart. There are lots of people who might understand something from their brain, from their heads, from their, you know, from their wisdom and their understanding, all that kind of stuff. But until it's taken seat in your heart, then I promise you, you're not really truly getting it. That's why this passage says, guard your heart above all else. Why? Because it is the source of life. It's where it begins. And so we recognize and understand we have to let God's word like be the the path for us and the way for us, but we have to make sure that we're taking that in, allowing that to permeate every essence of our being. It tells us in Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 and 2 of how we do that says these words. So if you have been raised with Christ, a follower of Christ, seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on the things above. In other words, don't get diverted, don't get distracted, don't get deceived by the things of this culture. And we are, have so many things that are trying to pull at us, so many try to, things that are trying to, to deceive us and, 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 and kind of divert us away from God's plan. Again, some things that are good, like our jobs and, you know, trying to do better, be successful, make money, all of those things. Inherently, they're not bad, but when we allow those to take precedent over the things that really matter, when those are our priority and not walking with God and raising our families and and to walk with God, like when we allow those things to become a priority, then they become a destructive force in our lives. Why? Because we're fixing our eyes on the things of earth rather than the things of God. Now, there are lots of evil things as well. We live in a culture today where people are running after lustful thoughts, you know, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. We live in a culture today where people are constantly being bombarded by and being, you know, giving into like the, the temptations that are all around us. Man, you know, we've talked about it so many times here, but I mean, you know, just the, the sex problem that we have in our culture today. Where everybody is trying to, you know, run after all of these things. You turn on a television program, you, you know, you turn on the internet, you, you go to watch a movie, whatever it might be. And like, it's everywhere. It's pervasive. Why? Because Satan knows how to get to us. He knows how to destroy us. 
And when we allow ourselves to be diverted away from God's plan and to give in to the temptations that Satan puts before us and we fall into that trap, it destroys every single time. But when we have a fear of the Lord, then what happens is this, is that that stuff will not begin to take root and it'll be a lot easier to avoid it. Lecrae said it this way, we fear our circumstances so much. Why? Because we fear God so little. We have to understand that we've got to make sure we're focused on the things of this culture. Listen, we have a drug problem, obviously, in our culture today. We have people that are constantly being bombarded. And we think of that idea of drugs. You know, we think of, you know, cocaine and heroin, you know, prescription drug abuse, all of those things. Like, like it's destroying our culture. There's no doubt about it. There's no question about it. Now, I just firmly believe, too, that along with that, and I know there may be some people who disagree with me, and I'm, I'm, you know, sorry, but I just believe that, I believe that alcohol is the greatest drug, the worst drug, the most destructive drug that there is on the face of the earth. I see in our culture today, thousands of families that I've been around, that I've had the opportunity of talking with, ministering to, that have been destroyed by alcohol. And we sit there and I think back in all of my times of ministry, 28 years of ministry, here's what I know. I've never met a person who's been made better by it. And I'm sitting there thinking like, like we are constantly being distracted and diverted. I know, you know, people get mad at what I just said. I don't care. I've seen the destruction that it causes. I've seen the damage that it's done. And listen, my recommendation as a pastor would be like, like just stinking, stay away from it. Because it destroys everything that it touches. And I believe Satan uses that for that purpose. There are so many evil things that are out there. And understand this, that when we recognize and when we understand that Satan is on the attack and he is coming after us, then what we must do is we must guard our hearts above everything else. Then we must make sure to keep our minds fixed on the things that are above, not the things of this earth. So understand, man, it starts with the heart. But we keep reading this passage, and what we also see is this, is that honesty is the best policy. Now, what does that mean? It means this, being honest, like with our own failings and our own faults, because we all have them. Look what it says in verse 24. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly, and don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward and fix your gaze straight ahead. In other words, culture says that all that matters is your own desires. We understand that because of our failings, because of our faults, because we are not perfect, that oftentimes we give up, we lose hope. And man, here's what I would say, like, just be honest with yourself. We've all failed. In fact, I look across this room, see thousands of faces, many more thousands by television. Here's what I know, like every one of us have failed this week. Question, quick, quick pop quiz. How many of you failed this week? Just raise your hand. Most hands went up. Now the hands that didn't go up, that means you probably just failed because you probably just lied in church. Like, like we all blow it. We all make mistakes. Like we do. I've done it this week. You've done it this week. We just be honest with your failings. And when you're honest with your own shortcomings, honest with your own failings, here's what it does. It makes you depend on and lean on God more. And when we lean on God more, guess what happens? Then we begin to be made better, not because of our own abilities and our own talents, but because of who God is and what God is inside of us. So understand, like lean into that truth, like focus your eyes forward. Keep your, your gaze, your eyes, like your focus, like straight ahead towards the path that God has for us. And then understand this, like, like don't let the world get you off track. Diversions, distractions, deceit. 
They're going to hit you every single day. But look what it says in verse 26. Carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Here's what I want you to know. The easiest thing in the world is to fall prey or fall victim to the plans of the world. That's the easiest thing to do. I'm just telling you, it's easy to mess up. It's easy to go down the wrong path. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get deceived. It's a natural human desire. We're born with a sinful nature. The easiest thing is for us to mess up. The hardest thing is for us to fix our eyes on Him. But when you do, what we will begin to see is God will do a work in and through us that doesn't make sense. And what we thought was difficult, God will make easy. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus speaking himself, his own words, verse 14, uh, 13, enter through the narrow gate for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life and few find it. So think about those two statements, the juxtaposition there that we're given. Like, hey, the road that leads to destruction, it's easy, it's big, it's broad. It's not a difficult thing to find. But the road that leads to life, it's narrow, it's straight, and sometimes difficult. But when we make sure that we are allowing ourselves to be guided by and led by the power and the presence of God in our lives, what will happen is this, is that we will begin to see the life that God has come to give and that we will begin to experience what only God can give to each and every one of us. Our families, man, the family today in our culture, the family's in trouble. But a family that honors God, that family's okay. And listen, I know the world's going to tell you, that, hey, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about that stuff. The Bible's not relevant. Don't do that stuff anymore. But here's what I would tell you today. If you want to have a successful family, if you want to have a successful journey in your journey with Christ, then man, go back to Joshua chapter 24 and, and, and adopt that statement. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care what the world has to say. I'm going to run after God. And if it's difficult, I'm going to keep running after God. And if people attack me for it, I'm going to keep running after God. And I don't care what they say. I don't care what they laugh. I don't care if they mock me. I don't care what they say, they do, or they try to attack me. Here's what I know. The only way to life is through God. And I'm going to run after him every step of the way. And my prayer is that you will do the same. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for the hope that it gives, the life that it brings. God, I pray for each of us in this room. Lord, I pray that we would keep our eyes fixed on the things above and not on the things of this world. Lord, I know that there are people in this room today that, Lord, have blown it because I'm one of them. And so, God, I pray that today for each and every one of us, Lord, that we would come to a moment today where we just simply say, God, we want to turn it around. Maybe there's someone here today that has never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that right now in this moment that they would recognize what you've done, that Jesus died, that he rose again, and through believing in him that we have life in his name. God, I pray that today they would make that decision, and God will give you the praise. In a moment, we're going to stand together, and when we do... Our team is gathering here at the front, and if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, like today's the best day. I just promise you, today's the best day. Right now, it's the best time. And if you're here today or watching today and you never made that decision, our team would love to talk with you about that. And I encourage you in a moment when this, you know, when this opportunity is for you to make a, a step forward, I encourage you to come to this altar and just say, listen, I want to know about Christ. We'd love to share that with you. 
Maybe you want to come and kneel here and just kind of make a, a recommitment to your walk and your faith of keeping your eyes fixed on Him. Maybe today that's what you want to do. Maybe you want to come and join our church or come for baptism. Maybe you want to come and commit yourself like, I want to serve you, God, like nine of those students did this week of giving their lives to full-time service to Christ. Like whatever it is that God's speaking to you, like make the commitment. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So let's stand together. Charles is going to lead us. And as we sing together, I encourage you to step out right now. trust in you. God, that we would run to you, that we would keep our eyes fixed on you. God, that we would pay attention to your words, we would listen closely to your words, that we would not lose sight of God, of what you have for us. And that God, that every person in this room, every family represented in this room, that we would get this thing right of running after you. And God, we'll give you the praise in advance. Lord, help us when we fail. Lord, lift us up when we've messed up. And God, help us to get this thing right day by day. God, so that we can honor you because we know that is the road that leads to life. God, we love you. We thank you for the gift of your son. And Lord, use us this week to point people to you. And God, for that, we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our team is here. We love to talk with you at the altar. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We're so glad you joined us. If you prayed to receive Christ today, we'd love to hear from you. We want to help you as you begin this journey of faith in Jesus Christ. So send us an email to the address on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. Likewise, if you've never accepted God's free gift of salvation, the forgiveness of sins made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus, but you'd like to know more, well, we're here to help you. So just reach out to us. We'd love to tell you more. Our mission at Thomas Road is to change our world by developing Christ followers who love God and love people. And if you'd like to help us fulfill that mission by giving to our ministry, then go to the link on your screen and make your contribution today. Help us help others with the life-changing truth of God's love.